Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 55. There's so much to do on a Royal Caribbean cruise, whether it's a favorite spot to sit and relax, or maybe it's a restaurant that's unlike any other in the fleet. Maybe it's somewhere the kids can spend hours at, or it's just somewhere you and your family love to go again and again. Well, this week, we're going to start a brand new series listing the top five things to do on a Royal Caribbean destination and ask you to share your favorite as well. Also, be sure to stay tuned later on in the show as I read your Royal Caribbean emails that I just absolutely love to share. Here we go. There's so many great things to do on a Royal Caribbean cruise, and each ship offers a little something different. So this week, I wanted to kick off a brand new series that I'm calling Top 5. In each Top 5 episode, we'll discuss the top five things to do about that topic at hand that are not to be missed, great activities, shows, or just part of the cruise experience you ought to check out. I think this will be a fun exploration of Royal Caribbean ships you may already know or are already getting ready to experience for the very first time. So this week... I wanted to kick things off with a Royal Caribbean ship that I know a lot of you have experienced yourselves, or maybe you love going back again and again and again. And it's a ship that was one time the largest ship in the world. However, while it doesn't have that distinction anymore, it's still a huge draw for Royal Caribbean, and it remains quite popular and has been based in the same port year-round since May of 2009, and that's a pretty big deal when you think about it. Of course, I'm talking about Freedom of the Seas, and I sailed Freedom of the Seas a number of times. I think it's one of Royal Caribbean's best ships in the fleet. It's been a ship that me and my family have returned to many, many times, and I think it's a combination of it's in a great port, Port Canaveral in eastern Florida is obviously a very easy port to get to because Orlando has so many flights going to it. It sells great itinerary, eastern and western, so some great islands to visit, and it's one of Royal Caribbean's newer ships, so it offers a lot, and the Freedom class is, I think, one of the best classes that Royal Caribbean offers. So we're going to count down the top five things to do on a Royal Caribbean cruise on Freedom of the Season. You know, this isn't really in any particular order, per se, but it's the five things that really come to my mind when I think of Freedom of the Sea. So let's start with number five or one, however you want to look at it. Portofinos. And you say, well, Matt, what's Portofinos? Well, Portofinos is a dying breed, believe it or not. It's being slowly phased out for Giovanni's table. And with each new cruise ship that gets refurbished, if there was a Portofino beforehand, it gets kicked out. So Portofino's not too many laying around, but you know what? I really love Portofino on Freedom of the Seas. I've eaten there a couple times. Actually, the last time I ate there, which was in 2013, I had one of the best meals ever. It was, I really feel like the food is really well made. It's fresh. And, you know, they do, again, that good blend where Giovanni's Table is more about traditional Italian food, you know, just pastas, meatballs, lasagnas, which are great. And I do love that. And Portofino does offer that. They they mix in a little more fish, a little more steak, a little more meat, so it's a little less heavy on the pasta, although there is plenty of pasta, don't get me wrong. And I don't know, I, there's something about it that really does it for me, and the service on Portofino and Freedom of the Seas has been among the best. I really had a great time here. I, I've, me and my wife were in there last time. We were talking with Major D. He came over to speak with us. And it's actually a funny story. We were eating at Portofino. We had a great time. Major D was talking to me. Our waiter was excellent as always. And we get the bill and it's a zero dollars and zero cents. And I look at my wife and I'm like, the bill is paid for. How did, you know, I, and I'm thinking, so of course, naturally, because my ego <laughs> is, is at play. I think they finally recognized me for being, you know, uh, uh, I think I mentioned to the waiter I blogged. I don't know, but I, I, I thought it was because they were so, they, they loved me so much. They wanted to reward me. It wasn't until about the next day. I remembered that I had prepaid the the reservation online and when you do that you have to pay for it so for about 24 hours i thought i was the 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 cat's meow until i realized i paid for it beforehand i totally forgot 
So I'll always remember Portofino for that alone. But really, besides that funny story, Portofino is a really great restaurant. And I think it's if you get a chance to check it out before it eventually disappears, because it will inevitably, it is certainly a great place to go. And nothing is Chops Grill. In fact, if you ask me, you should be eating at both. But Portofino is a little unique in that regard. So I definitely like that a bit. Let's talk about the next option. So that's number two. And that is visiting the helipad during at least one sail away. And I've done this on Freedom of the Season a number of times. And certain Royal Caribbean ships, certain classes have a helipad that guests can go down and spend time on. You can go anytime, really, when the ship's at sea. As long as the weather's all right, it's perfectly fine to go out there. I love to do this for sail away. In fact, we almost always do this when we do sail away out of Port Canaveral because it gives you such a great view. There's nothing in front of you. Literally, you are standing on the on the front bow of the ship. So it's almost like that scene from Titanic, although you probably shouldn't stand all the way quite that far out with your hands out. But never mind. You get a great view of the beach to your right, which is I, Jetty Beach, I believe, is the name of the park that's over there. You have a great view of the channel. It's one of the best places to experience it. And it's a lot less crowded than the pool deck. I, I just love it. And, you know, regardless if you're leaving from Port Canaveral or one of the islands you're visiting, it's a great place to take in the sail away. It's one of my favorite things to do. So, you know, you get the breeze. It's also really good if you don't have a balcony cabin because you go out there, you get, you know, it's a little more less crowded and a great view. So that's definitely on my list as well. Let's go to number three. And that is the FreedomIce.com ice skating show. This was the ice skating show. Actually, this was the second one I saw. The first one was on Mariner. This is, but this one I think is my favorite. And I think it's because of the music selection here. As I believe the music in FreedomIce.com uses well-known music as opposed to well-known pop music or rock music. As opposed to when we were on Navigator this season, I think they were using either classical or some other music I wasn't as familiar with. Not that it was bad, but it always helps when you know the, the music, right? It's like going to a concert. If you're going to go to a concert, it helps when you know the songs they're playing. And this was definitely the case here. So I really got into it, and I feel like this is one of the better ice shows Royal Caribbean does. And this one is something that I always go and see every single time because, well, first of all, my wife wants to go see it. But also because I really do enjoy it. I think it's a great show, and it's that music, first of all, which I enjoy. And it's the combination of the great I don't want to call it stunts, moves that the ice skaters do. They're really quite talented. And again, great show. Really well done. And again, if you're on Freedom of the Seas, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't check out the Freedom.com ice show. One of the best. Now, number two, another dying breed, if you will, is free sushi. Now, they do offer sushi on some ships. I know on Navigators, I think they had one night they had free sushi in the Windjamere. But here, every night in the Windjamere, actually, there's the Jade section. That's what they call it. But it's part of the Windjamere. And you go there, and they'll have sushi there every night for you. Look, it's not great sushi by any means. I don't even think it's as good as supermarket sushi. But it's free, which is hard to find on these days on Royal Caribbean ships. And it's offered every night. And that's a really cool thing to me. I also love, I love sushi, don't get me wrong, but I really love the make your own miso soup station they have over there. And again, you have to be kind of a connoisseur of sushi and Japanese food in general, but I love me miso soup, but I love loading it up with lots of tofu because I love that in my miso soup. And I love to customize it. Sometimes you feel like putting onions in there, sometimes mushrooms, sometimes, you know, whatever floats your boat, seaweed, whatever you enjoy in your miso soup, you can make it there. And that, so it's kind of a great accompaniment and it's the perfect way to start off a good dinner meal. Or in my case, we usually have second seed and tiny. So we do first dinner at sushi and second dinner at the main dining room or the specialty restaurant, maybe Portofino that we're eating at. Lastly, we have 
the Royal Promenade. And I'll tell you something, on the, on the Freedom class ships especially, I think the Royal Promenade is just the right size. It's larger than the Royal Promenade on the Voyager class ships, but it's not, it, it feels a lot more open, I think, than some of the other promenades have been on. And you know what? I just, I just think it's that perfect size. I don't know. There's something about it. I can't quantify it. I can't tell you, well, it's got 10% more of this or, or not that. It's just a cool, fun experience. I love walking up and down the Royal Promenade in general. So it's one of the, I think the best things, one of the best things Royal Caribbean's ever done. But on top of that, you have a great selection of things to do over there. Of course, you have the Royal Promenade, which of course my, <laughs> I swear, I don't do this intentionally, but inevitably our, Whenever we're going back to the stateroom, I always walk by the Royal Cafe Promenade, see what's out there, and inevitably I grab myself a sandwich. Of course, you have also the Tom and Jerry station, which is always one of my favorites, especially when we're at the main dining room and we ask the waiter what ice cream they have. And unless the answer is coffee ice cream, I'm like, let's just go to let's just go to Ben and Jerry's. We'll go over there and get ice cream there because it's I love the ice cream there. Ben and Jerry's is a great choice. So and it's right outside the main dining room. It's on my way. I have no choice to walk by it and you know what there's the shops and it's always cool to see what they have for sale i, I don't know I, I the the bar the the british pub they have poop that they have there is a great choice in fact one of the best times i had there was on freedom of the seas i met one of the first people that i actually met face to face who read the blog and they were there we had a great time at the bar they had live music playing and it was british music it was really great Obviously, a couple beers, and boy, it was a great experience. So really, it's very hard to have a bad experience on the Royal Promenade. And if you're on Freedom of the Seas, I really think that it's the place to go if you're on there. And you got to spend a lot of time here. I'm telling you this right now. So, And, of course, I want to hear what your favorites are. So if you have a favorite thing or two or three or five, whatever is on your mind, share it with us. We want to hear about what your favorite things to do on Freedom of the Seas are. You can email us, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. All right, let's get to answering your listener emails and one of my favorite things to do because, of course, it's a chance for me to bring in you, my friends, into this podcast and make this about us and discussing Royal Caribbean together. So let's get things off with our first email. Sean Wallace sends this email and Sean writes, hey, Matt, just wanted to hear your thoughts on tipping in these two situations. Number one, nursery has now added a tip to the receipt. Allure didn't have this line. You know, I saw this line not only in the Royal Tots and something the royal caribbean nursery whatever they call it the they have the nursery and also adventure ocean they've added that as well the only the only charge for adventure ocean is for after hours like after 10 o'clock on certain nights they have care so the way i see it is i usually tip the staff on the last and i give them something extra because again my daughter goes there spends a lot of time there and if they show a lot of attention which every single time they have and care I almost always give them a tip for that and kind of, again, at the end of the cruise, not like every night kind of a thing. Unless, of course, they go out of, above and beyond to do something. And I think this may have happened like one time. My daughter was being fussy in the nursery a couple of years ago. And I don't know. I, I think we've done it once or twice. But I think they're just adding it as a means of tipping. Because, of course, as you know, Sean, you can't, they don't really, cash isn't really used on the ship. So it wouldn't be likely for you to carry cash. I mean, if you feel that it's, useful and and good you can obviously tip otherwise i wouldn't tip ordinarily just for the services rendered again end of the cruise if if my daughter's spending a couple days there which again she often does and again the staff does a great job i may recognize them and again also the other thing is wow cards certainly go a big way and number two from sean's list specialty restaurants say gratuities included on the cruise compass but then the receipt says a small portion goes to a tip so again here i wouldn't 
tip above unless I get excellent service. And here's an example when I did this. We were at Giovanni's Table on Navigator this season. My daughter was in a terrible mood. I mean, really bad. It was one of those moods where it's like, I think the only reason we stayed was because literally we were the only people there. We had the first reservation in the afternoon, and it was like the first sea day. So it wasn't crowded at all. I think there might have been one other table. We were in the corner. We weren't bothering anybody, so that's why we didn't leave. But she was in a bad mood. She was just fussy and could not be dealt with. Anyway, the waiter took it upon himself not only to accommodate her, but really, you know, he took her to the kitchen. He took her. There was a little Vespa by the entrance of the restaurant. He put her on the Vespa. And where the sign says, please do not climb on the on the motorcycle. Well, they, it's a scooter, whatever. <laughs> they put, he put her on the there. He turned the meal around. So you know what? I gave him a few extra dollars. What's 10, 20 bucks, right? For something like that. But the specialty restaurant price is supposed to include gratuity. And it's really supposed to be just a gratuity, essentially. Back in the day, that's how they explained it. There is obviously some cost built into it, but I would ordinarily on a regular meal, that's great. You know, I wouldn't necessarily tip, but again, good service. Something is something when you feel like someone's going out of their way for you. I think that's when maybe tip is appropriate. Sean also adds also the new towel checkout while in port is still in effect. Crew really didn't count the number of towels you turned in, though. Towels must have been disappearing, but they wanted to, quote, keep the ports they visit clean and not leave them behind. One observation, Carnival Cruise towels are fluffier and look more comfortable. You know, I haven't really paid that much attention to the other towels from other cruise lines, but I don't know. I'll take your word for it. I also wanted to mention that it's best to know your Crown & Anchor coupons that you've received. Some coupons are not automatic and have to ask for them. For example, the buy one, get one movie rental. Arcade credit, just to name a couple we ran into on Freedom of the Seas. And maybe a show topic, bars, themes, music, and specials you may find at each bar. Thanks for the hard work on the blog and podcast. Sean, always appreciate it. And first of all, great ideas. I think we'll do some top five shows. Now that we just did one here. Bars, music, that's a great idea. I love that idea. So we'll, we'll definitely work that in there. And regarding the towels, by the way, just so we're clear, I don't want to create any confusion. So earlier this year, Royal Caribbean, in fact, I believe it was a Gen 1 thing, Gen 1 2014. Royal Caribbean took away the policy of requiring a C-Pass card in order to get towels at the pool. So everyone's like, yay, that's great, because it was annoying. It was just, you know, they now you can just go grab towels from the towel station by the pool. You can take as many as you want. They don't ask for your C-Pass card. You can bring them back tomorrow or whenever. It doesn't really matter. The thing is, when you're in port, and you want to take towels like to the beach, they still have that means. And again, this is to make sure that people aren't leaving their towels behind because here's the here's the situation I think that's probably was popping up. People go to grab towels from Royal Caribbean, go to beach. They use towels. They soil the towels with the water and the sand. And they're like, why are we bringing this back? And they leave it. It's wasteful. Look, I don't do it, but I'm sure people have done something like that before. They've forgotten them. Who knows? Anyway, this ensures that they get back there. And again, they're not counting because they just want to make sure you bring back towels. That's that's the important thing. More than likely, you're not going to be like, ah, we'll leave one towel behind because, you know, they'll never know. No, you're bringing back towels. You're probably bringing them all back. And I think it's I think it really does make sense in that case. Whereas renting towels for the pool use. I mean, come on. That's just, you know, there's no reason to to have that kind of a policy. And this just makes it easier for guys. So I think it's a good balance is what I'm trying to say. Thank you for the email, Sean. Next, we have an email from Christopher Percy. Congratulations on the first live podcast. That was episode 52, by the way. Notwithstanding a few glitches along the way, like the audio was weak at times, and of course, people that called in and dropped off, Siri contributed, and overall, it was a great first effort. As to the debate regarding the inside versus balcony seat rooms, it boils down to value and what is more important to the individual cruiser. We've been in all categories, from inside to royal suites, and have enjoyed them all. Our decision-making process is based on the itinerary, ship, and quote-unquote value. On many itineraries, there are terrific deals, and we always keep an eye out for these no matter what the category is. 
Once again, congratulations on the one-year anniversary of the podcast and wish you many more years of continued success. Thank you, Christopher. Great point about the staterooms. And I agree, it really comes up, for me, it always comes down to the price, right? More than likely, we usually look at somewhere between an ocean view and a balcony. But, I mean, if the prices are really low, like there was a time we were on Jewelis's when we booked that cruise way back when. I think the prices were so low. We were—I was actually looking at the suites. My wife slapped me upside the head and said, "Come on, we're not—we're not going to go that crazy." But the price really wasn't that much more, honestly. At least I didn't think so, but I was overruled in the matter. But yeah, it does matter. You look at the ship, you look at the itinerary, and you figure out, hey, you know, if it's in your wheelhouse and it's not going to break the bank, maybe you splurge, or you say to yourself, "Wow, I can get a great deal. Go for super cheap, save some money, or spend that same money in port." So it all works out well. So, and thank you again, Christopher. That live podcast was a lot of fun, and I'm hoping we can do that again sometime soon. So keep your eye out for that. Next, we have an email from Heather from South Carolina. Matt, really enjoy your podcast. My mother and I will be cruising in Freedom of the Seas, first time to Royal Caribbean. Welcome. Uh, November 16th, doing seven days at St. Thomas and St. Martin and Coco Cay. She had knee surgery back in April, and I'm concerned about the walking on excursions. Do you have any suggestions for excursions? And could you send me the number for Mr. Leo Brown and how soon in advance we should contact him? You have made him very popular. Well, Heather, I already sent you in the email the phone number, of course. You can contact Leo. Great guy. And I'm glad he's getting a lot of business out of this. You know, it's just one way I can pass it forward, right? So in terms of what to do there, there's good and bad. So certainly part of the problem is a lot of these Caribbean ports don't have the same rules in terms of laws for handicap access in terms of equal access. So you're going to find this, you're going to be at a disadvantage, unfortunately. I did find two resources I think you'll find very useful. One is specialneedsatsea.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. And this is a basically a company that specializes in special need equipment rentals for cruises. And I think this might be a good way to maybe look. I'm not sure if your mother needs a wheelchair or not. If she does, this might be a good way to go about it. That way you have you know the, the, the one thing to use the entire time. You're not too worried about things. But of course, if you're interested in just things, you know, that are going to be easy on her, she can walk, but, you know, obviously you don't want to be hiking as an example. Well, there's certainly some advice I would give you. First of all, I actually found a tour group in the Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, called Accessible Island Tours LLC. And their website is accessvi.com. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to that, royalcaribbeanblog.com. And they offer uh, vehicles with a handicap lift and lots of other, basically they're tourist people that have special needs and need to have them addressed, specifically mobility needs. Now again, I don't know if your, your mother is in that group or not. Regardless, let's say that she can just walk, but she doesn't want to do a whole lot of walking. Again, you're just worried about it. Well, here's what I would recommend. In St. Thomas, I would take a taxi over to the main capital city, the downtown, essentially. You can do a lot of walking around there. Certainly, if you do something where maybe you're just going a little shopping and then to Megan's Bay, it's really not that, you know, you're, you're driving. You're obviously not walking. It's quite a bit of a distance. But I think there's not going to be too much walking there. It's fairly flat, although now that I think about it, the, the downtown of St. Martin is a little bit of an angle, not as much as like downtown San Juan or the old town of San Juan, but it's it's manageable, I think. Now, the other city that's actually really great is uh, over in Phillipsburg in St. Martin because there they've actually got a great downtown area, very flat and very beautiful boardwalk area right by the beach. And you can walk. Your mother will have no problems walking around there. I would just walk around there, do some shopping. If you want a little bit of beach break, you head over to the boardwalk. You can go there. There's plenty of places to go. And I think it'll be very easy. Again, yeah, I would take a taxi ride because the distance between the port and the city of Phillipsburg itself, not 
terrible. I would probably pin it at like a mile or two. We've walked it before, but in your case, I would definitely recommend getting a taxi cab and it'll be a couple dollars. You go over there and you'll have a great time and you can take it kind of on your own. That's the advantage of both. So hopefully this will answer or at least help you in your planning. Good luck with that. Next, we have an email from Richard and Richard writes, Hey Matt, enjoying the Royal Caribbean podcast. I'm a longtime listener of WW radio and have recently decided to get our feet wet with Royal Caribbean. We're currently booked on the grandeur of the seas for October out of Baltimore to new England and Canada. We're looking at the drink package, and it looks like from the information on the website that specialty coffee is only available for the non-alcohol packages like the Royal Replenishment ones. This baffles me and does not make sense, but when we called Royal Caribbean, the customer service representative was not sure either. He did confirm it was not listed on the information he had. For us, having specialty coffee makes or breaks the package. What is the most accurate way of getting this information? Well, Richard, I guess there's good news and there's bad news. The good news is you can get the specialty coffee included with the alcohol packages. However, there's only one package that includes it, and that's the ultimate drink package, which is the most expensive one at $65 per day per person. That does include it. Otherwise, it's just the Royal Replenishment. The classic and premium unlimited alcohol packages do not include the specialty coffee. So maybe that's why there was a little bit of confusion there. But I hope that makes it crystal clear as to what does, which packages do and do not include the specialty coffee there. So have fun. I think you're going to love that that cruise. I think I would love to do the England cruise. It's on my bucket list. I really want to go there. My wife has this hang up about going to places that are colder than we're going. But I think it'd be a lot of fun to be able to do that. My, my dream is to do, I'm going on tangent here, but what what the hey, right? It's, it's all in good. It's all in good fun. I want to do a cruise that leaves like from New York or Baltimore. It'd be great. And the one that goes all the way up, all the way to Quebec City. I think that one would be awesome because I've never been to Quebec City and I've never done that cruise in terms. So I think if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. So someday I will get on that cruise. But Richard, I think it'd be a great time. Let us know. Please email me with uh, your information there about when you get back or any questions you have before then. Love to hear about it. I love hearing about first time experiences there. I think you'll have a great time. Speaking of the beverage package, we have another question about it. It's from Michael Vitali, selling August 31st on Navigator of the Seas. I binge listened to a bunch of your podcasts today. Terrific stuff. Here's my thoughts on the beverage packages as I consider what to do. It seems like the critics critics calculate is it worth a question based on the entire $55 cost. I don't see it that way. Surely the minimum a person will get is the Royal Replenish package at $20 per person per day, right? So the true package of the liquor is the true cost of the liquor is $35 per person per day over the replenish costs. So now your break-even, quote-unquote, is down three to six drinks per day to make it the extra $35 worth it. What are your thoughts? That is some creative math. I will give you credit for that one. You know, here's the thing. It's only the case if you're considering it against the $65 packages. Again, don't forget, the classic and premium do not have the specialty coffee and some of the other things that the ultimate packages. So the ultimate package is at $65 per person. So yeah, I get your point though. And if you're going to get the $20 package, it's only, you know, there's, there's less cost there in terms of it. the bottom line though is, and this is how I still see it is, are you going to make your money worth it? Is it going to be, are you going to drink enough, whether it's coffee or freshly squeezed orange juice or beers and margaritas and strawberry daiquiris to, to make it worth it to me. Now, some people don't really care if they, you know, maybe they break even or they're, they're off a day or two here and, you know, they're 
the convenience factor for them is a big deal, and I can totally understand that. There have been a lot of cruises that I've been looking at. In fact, the Quantum of the Seas group cruise that we're doing, which, here we go, here's my chance for you to remind all of all I really do want a lot of you to join us. This isn't just a joke. It's a shameless plug, which it is, by the way, a shameless plug, but I really think it's going to be a lot of fun. You have a chance. We're doing a group cruise on Quantum of the Seas, March 21st, 2015. Go to royalcaribbeanblog.com. I'll put a link in our show notes. Of course, you can see right at the top of the page, there's a link there for group cruise. You can go there and get all the information you need. If you have a chance to join us for it, I think it'll be a lot of fun to experience this together. Anyway, back to Michael's thoughts here. So if you're going to be doing all of this, uh, oh, on sorry, I've lost my place here where I'm going with this. So yeah, on quantum disease where there's a lot of sea days, maybe it makes a little more sense. I'm thinking about it. But again, to me, it's about am I going to drink enough to really get my money's worth out of it? Just like anything, right? It's my, buy anything. Do I think it's going to be worth the money that I'm paying for it? And I get your math on it. So if you were if you were pretty much going to spend the world replenish package every day, you knew you were going to get that. And that was never going to be an issue for you. Yeah, then I kind of get the idea is that, all right, well, then can you drink you know, another $30, $40 of alcohol on top of that? And maybe that makes some sense. So, Michael, if, it, if that's what you need to hear, I'm, I'm, I'm right behind you, dude. Go for it. That's what I'm telling you to do. Enjoy it. And you know what, Michael, when you get back from Navigator of the Seas, first of all, I hope you're eating at Sabor like every night. But when you get back, let us know about how you thought the package went and if you thought it was really worth it. So only one way to find out, right? I think we'll round things out here with an email from Beth Weigand. Long-time listener, first time writing in. My husband, our youngest son, who will be 13, and myself, will be taking our first transatlantic cruise on Serenade of the Seas in April 2015. When we leave out of Boston, we'll have six sea days and nine days touring the European ports for a total of 15 days. We're all very excited. This will be my 12th cruise and my husband's and son's 10th. It will also be the cruise that will promote us from Emerald to Diamond members. Hooray! A couple things I want to share with you. Even though we're more than 180 days out, we have booked several tours through Royal Caribbean. I suspect while this rule of no more than 180 days may be true for shorter cruises, the transatlantic cruises and longer cruises offer exceptions. Good to know. Because we can budget things out more in the long run, we're taking advantage of paying for things in advance. That's actually very smart, so good for you there, Beth. We have chosen to use the tours offered by Royal as we have not been overseas before and will have our child with us and don't want to worry about getting around. However, many folks on the Cruise Critics site are putting together their own tours, so the opportunities are endless. And she's got a couple of points, which we're going to get to. I think it's fine. There's nothing wrong with booking Royal Caribbean tours. In fact, it makes it a whole lot easier, right? You don't have to worry about things. And if it's all about what you're comfortable with, Beth. If you're going to these ports and you want to make sure, you know what, you don't have to worry about things. You're not. You're gonna worry about is this guy gonna show up? Is where are we gonna go here? Are we gonna get back in time? Then don't worry about that. that there's certain people who enjoy. It. I enjoy the individual tours, but I kind of relish that kind of experience of planning it. Anyway, nothing wrong with considering either or, but I think you're perfectly in the right there. Regarding airfare, I spotted airfare through Choice Air, Royal Caribbean's air booking service. That was fantastic. 332 days out. We were told online we couldn't book until 330 days out, and not true. We called up, phones are good, and I told them what flight and to book it. Good thing a couple days later, the cost had almost tripled in price. Wow. Never wait if you see a great international airfare. I suspect, oh, the wine package. My husband and I enjoy a glass of wine at dinner, so we've already booked it too. I agree with that. We always get the wine package. I love it. It's a great deal, and it's, it's fun. You know, you get to pick up the different wines. I like it. I suspect my son will be one of the handful of children on this cruise. My husband and I will be among the younger crowd. Longer cruises we've discovered do cater to an older crowd because of some simple truths, cost, and available vacation time. I haven't heard whether or not there is free drinks on the transatlantic. I suspect not this one, as it appears to be very popular. Regarding the free drinks, usually that's a promotion, like the WoW sale or something like that, they give it away. So if you didn't get it when you booked it, I don't think you'll be getting it. But of course, things change. Don't Between now and when your cruise reaches 
final payment, be sure to check to see if any deals come out because you can always rebook and get into those packages. Although your price may change for your cabin and that may negate any savings you had there. So kind of a, which is better, right? Regarding our cabin, we usually book a balcony because we love the views, but this time we took a window view on deck eight. Why? Because we're going to be in the North Atlantic in April and I figure it's going to be cold. Saving money for excursions. Great point, Beth. And I think you got it really well at hand there. I think it's going to be a great time. I would love to do a transatlantic sometime. It's the opportunity to be on a Royal Caribbean ship for that many days. Oh, I would love to be able to do that. Two weeks. Man, that'd be fun. Of course, you can do it back to back and do that. I get that. But of course, the transatlantic, you get the whole experience. It's a different kind of cruise. And, and Beth kind of talked about the certainly sort of people that go on that kind of cruise, older crowd, which I think is is probably true. But I think your son's going to absolutely love it. What an experience. What a great way to explore the world and and see everything and, and do it in a fun way. And so it's fun. It's educational. More kudos to you, Beth, about that. So, And of course, well, just like Beth, I want to hear from you, your thoughts, what's going on in your life, what you're planning for Royal Caribbean, what cruises you have, excursions, questions you have. This is an opportunity to be a part of Royal Caribbean blog, and I hope that you'll take this opportunity. Email us. My email is matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Again, I do this podcast for all of you, my friends, and I hope you'll be a part of it and share me your thoughts. We've got a lot of great emails and I love to read them every day. It's really a great opportunity and I love doing the, the feature part of the podcast, but this is a chance for me to talk with you virtually, so to speak. So hope you'll email us. We've got a lot of great comments to choose from. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon.